Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Opposites React. It is October 20, 2021, episode 91. My name is Sarah, and I'm here with Tyler. How are you, Tyler? Uh, normal. Feeling normal. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Have you won any McDonald's Monopoly yet? Have a what? What do you? I haven't won any like big prizes nah, or, or instant prizes. Yeah. Well, outside of like free cheeseburgers and I keep getting those little donut ones. I don't you, know. I've never had the donuts. Are they good? I have no idea. I've not had them either. So. <laughs> but you have them free. Why haven't you had them? Because I'll use them after the Monopoly's over. Oh goodness. So, how has your week been? What uh, exciting things have you been up to in the last week? Nothing. Not playing nothing, not watching nothing. Well, I was playing Far Cry and then I told you I was terrible at Far Cry. So you said you'd teach me Far Cry and then I fell asleep. So you didn't teach me Far Cry and uh, that's my own fault. Uh, we did play Jackbox Party Pack 8. Mm-hmm. That was something new we played. What do you think about that? Um, a couple of the games were interesting. There's a couple I don't really care for, but overall I'd say it's a mixed bag for me. I don't know if there's any that aren't a mixed bag, honestly. True. There's not. There's no one pack that's like they're all winners, you know. But uh, I don't know. I just don't know if I see myself returning to this one a lot. Maybe you need more yeah. people for these kind of games. I think so. Like we played it with four the other day, and it was like it's good, but it was much better when there was seven of us playing it. Yeah, so. well, that's good. We won't make we won't make it get stale then. Mm, truth, truth. Um, other than that. We've just been reading more Dune. Yep. And that's it. Making more progress. Movie comes out here uh, this Friday, actually. It does, yes. Yeah. So we'll, you and I will probably see it sometime uh, in the next couple of weeks. Maybe a couple of weeks from now. I, as long as you read enough. No no sighing. This was the, this was the promise that was made to me. We, we, we'll get through most of it. No. Mm-mm. Not good enough. Fine. Then I'll tell you like, oh, look, that's the end of that book. All right, let's go see the You're movie. You're going to lie to me? <laughs> How do you know? <gasps> I go and see the movie and I would know. <laughs> what have you been up to? I did something this weekend I haven't done in a while. I, I went to the movies. Okay. To not see Bond. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I went to the movies on consecutive days. It's been a while since I've gone like back to back. Not to see the same movie, but just in general. Like, So I saw, I saw No Time to Die again on Saturday. That was viewing mm-hmm. number two. Mm-hmm. Viewing number three is coming up shortly. Yeah. And viewing number four will probably be next week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So viewing number two was pretty great. Even better than the first one. Well, <laughs> it's a, uh, the first one obviously you had the, you know, is the initial viewing. Like you're just experiencing everything. And the second time, like knowing what's going to happen, I can just appreciate certain aspects of the film a little differently. Paying okay. attention to certain details and stuff like that. So I really enjoyed my second viewing and I Sure, I'll enjoy the third viewing as well. Although I'm really hoping to enjoy the fourth viewing when we see it in IMAX. Mm. That'll be, be cool. But what did you see other than Bond this weekend? So then on Sunday, uh, I was just sitting at home on Sunday and I was reading impressions and like reviews and spoilers about uh, another movie that just came out recently called The Last Duel. I've been wanting to see it. Like I, ever since the trailers came out before, I'm like, it looked pretty interesting. I like the, the cast and the talent behind the behind the film so but glowing reviews and like the user uh appeal on some of the forums i read was amazing so i'm like yeah you know what sunday i'm just gonna go so i went to go see like a i think it was like an 11 50 yeah, showing it was, a, it, was a, it was like a matinee so it's good it's like a it's like a two and a half hour movie and it's it's definitely a slow burn it's not going to be like a like packed full of action or anything it's it's a historical 
slash medieval drama with some action in it, obviously, but that's not the main focus. But uh, I thought it was great. I really loved it. Um, and, you know, it, it passes my criteria for however. You would rewatch it and recommend it? Right. Although recommending it comes with a couple of caveats. Yeah. Uh, like, number one, the film is the main crux of the film is based around something terrible that happens to a woman. So I'll just leave it at that. Use your imagination. Uh, what's one of the worst things that can happen to a woman yeah. happens in this film. So if you're squeamish about that kind of stuff, uh, or obviously if you've had, you know, any experiences like that in the past, by all means, I would not recommend because of the drama. But um, I would just say it's, it's the actress pulls it off very convincingly. The film, it's the main uh, heart of the, of the story. Right. Um but yeah, it's well acted. It's you know, it's got Matt Damon, Adam Driver, Jody. I think it's pronounced Comer, Jody Comer, uh, and uh, who else is in it? Oh, Ben Affleck. I forgot Ben Affleck for a second there. Mm-hmm. His, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck co-wrote it mm-hmm. along with another woman, and it's got a very interesting. I won't get into spoilers or anything here. I'm just gonna say it's very interesting. Um, the way the story is told, because essentially, like I said, the movie is about an assault that happens on a woman, and um, it's told. For, from the perspectives of three different characters. You have obviously the perspective of the main, main character, the, the, the female, and then you have the perspective of her husband and the perspective of the attacker. Mm-hmm. And they all tell their own stories about what happened. And so then, it's like the same story, but three different times. Yeah, so there's, there's times where you'll see uh, same scene the again. exact same scene, but from a different perspective, mm-hmm. which I think is pretty cool. Um, it's not, I'm not saying it's something like, you know, groundbreaking that's never nope. been done before, but it's done really well in this film, especially given the historical, like it takes place in like late 1300s. right. Uh, in um, you know, in whatever Europe was back then. <laughs> uh, well, no, I mean, you're what? Like, most of the movie takes place in Paris for some part, okay. but I'm just saying, like, there's other places that are named that are just like old English countries. I don't even know if they okay. exist anymore, if they've been renamed or reclaimed as other counties. But yeah, it's uh, it's a true story too, isn't it? It is. Yeah, exactly. Okay. They um, there's a book written on it, I believe, in 2004, and that's what they obviously Matt Damon Ben Affleck based the screenplay off the book, but then they also brought in a female screenwriter to write from the perspective of the woman, right? Because that's a huge part of the story, right? So I think it's a really well done film. Um, unfortunately, like I said, it's it's kind of film that apparently so far has been a box office bomb because like, a it's I mean even though there's been a lot of commercials and trailers and stuff for it on TV, it's still kind of a hard film to market. Yeah, uh, you're definitely going for the older demographic. Like only teenagers are going to want to see this unless they really get misled by the trailer and think it's like an action film. <laughs> um, you know, people are still seeing Bond, obviously. Yeah. So, the, like, Bond is still and dominating. Is coming this week. Exactly. Like, so, yeah, the timing is a little unfortunate. I think it was supposed to come out last year. Like, it obviously, was. I remember. I remember you showing me the trailer yeah. last year. And I'm like, this movie still exists. Yeah, if it wasn't for COVID, um, maybe time would have been different. But I don't know. I still say like it's so. And, um, well, actually, I was going to say I know we have an email to read out, but I was going to let's do the email first, and I'll come back to this. So this is going to segue into our main topic okay. tonight. So. What was our question last uh, week? Last week we were posing a question. I don't remember the exact question verbatim. But I think it had to do with like what's a horror film or like mo- scary movie experience that stayed with you or scarred you. But we do have an email here from Daniel, one of our longtime listeners and multiple time email responder. I was going to say replier didn't sound right. But <laughs> anyways, his, uh, well, I guess he just titled it horror films. So that's the title of his the subject of his email here. So he just says, hey, guys. I definitely love a good horror slash thriller slash such films, but there is one that I never got through and I never will try again. Oh, okay. So I haven't seen, I haven't seen the email yet. This is new to me. Like you probably read this already before we got on here, but um, I like the pick. So Dan, um, Dan mentions the strangers. Is that the one that you took me to theaters to see? And when we were dating, I yeah. think. Yeah. 
yeah <laughs> i thought that good I move on my part like this yeah. is this is the one isn't it this yeah, is the this one, one with uh <laughs> if i remember correctly Liv tyler scott speedman um there's not a lot of actors in the film it's no. definitely, definitely a small cast but yeah it's basically about like a young couple who have like this remote i don't know cottage cabin yeah. kind of thing and they go there for like a romantic getaway mm-hmm. and then there's a i don't think they're specifically established as a family but just like a group of strangers as the title implies a group of strangers who basically like just stalk this couple around the house and try and like you know try and break in but not really like they're just trying to mess with them kind of and i'm not gonna swell what happens in the movie but yeah the movie gets pretty dark Mm -hmm. um so yeah so that was dan's vote and he says i don't know what it was i just couldn't get through it and i don't know why (laughs) don't blame you yeah i'm sad i got what i did watch the whole thing (laughs) (laughs) that that was um that was the first and probably last time I took Sarah to see a scary movie because I didn't realize that she doesn't like scary movies very much. I remember her grabbing, gripping my arm the whole movie. And she, I have no nails, so it's like, it's just yeah. not <laughs> just pressure. But yeah, it's yeah, you scary. Were, you were a little intense, yeah. So <laughs> um, so that's a good pick, Dan. Um, I, I would... <laughs> I would, say, I, would, I would say I would encourage you to try and give it another shot again, but I don't really think it's a great film. No, I don't, it's, I don't, it's not worth one no. I know they made a sequel, I think, really? four, three or four years ago. It's on Netflix, I believe. I think it's called The Strangers Pray at Night or something. Oh, I don't man. think it has any of the original cast. It's totally different, but same premise, I guess. And Dan also mentions in the email, he says, P.S., thank you for the shout-out for Extra Life. It is a great cause, and I am happy to donate. It is true. Um, so, anyways, going back to what we discussed a minute ago. So, one of the one of the main things that appealed to me about the last film that I mentioned, um, it's called The Last Duel, besides the fact that I like the trailer and the cast and just the whole entire premise just intrigued me, a big selling point for me is it was directed by Ridley Scott. And he's one of my favorite directors. You, you attach his name to anything, and immediately my interest will be like, all right, I'm... Like, I'll, I'll give it a watch because there's been very few times. I mean, the guy's been directing for 40 years. He's in mm-hmm. his early 80s now. And um, there's very few films of his that I haven't enjoyed. Like even, like, even when he misses, you can still appreciate the effort. You know what I mean? Okay. He, he doesn't just make garbage. Um, and he's responsible for some of the biggest, you know, uh, he's just a huge influence on certain genres. Um, he's, he's made, you know, in my opinion, at least, six or seven substantial films that have still stood the test of time over decades. Um, most notably, he, um, well, he started his career, I believe it was 1977. He did a film called The Duelists. And that was just a small budget film. Um, like small cast, like small, it was just, a, it wasn't like a huge, obviously, I mean, he's a new director. Like the last duel. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, obviously, he, he got his career started pretty quickly after that when he did Alien in 1979. Yes original alien film which is obviously a classic and spawned that huge franchise uh and then shortly after that in 1982 he did another monumental film which was blade runner Mm, yep now at the time blade runner wasn't well received like when it came out in the 80s it was just it was just very different i think audiences and critics didn't know what to think they thought it was like it's a it was a beautiful looking film Mm -hmm. and it was well made but people just didn't either didn't get the story or didn't appreciate the nuance of some of the but over time it definitely gained a huge cult following and and nowadays it's regarded as one of the best sci-fi films not only of the decade but maybe ever and obviously it spawned a you know sequel a few years ago blade runner 2049 which um because in the original blade runner that was also one of well i shouldn't say i shouldn't say one of it was um I mean, it started Harrison Ford. I was going to say it was one of his earlier roles, but no, he was, he was coming off of Star Wars, and I believe Indiana Jones might have even been the year before that. So obviously Harrison Ford was a well-known name at the time. Yes. But this was still sort of a risky role for him to take because it was, um, you know, 
uh, Star Wars and Indiana Jones obviously went on to become huge franchises and gross billions of dollars. Blade Runner was just sort of like a, at the time was like a one-off sort of sci-fi indie. No one really know what to make of it. Mm-hmm. It obviously didn't destroy Harrison's career or anything, but uh, it was it was an interesting film for him to make at the time. But I think over time people have appreciated more. Like so, I'll get to this in a second. But um, actually, I can mention it now because so one of the things that Blade Runner is notorious for is it's. I think this this is going back at least ten years or so. I think, but um, it was one of the first films that really popularized the whole concept of director's cuts. Oh. Because I think they released three or four different cuts of this film. Oh. Because really Scott wasn't happy with the original cut. Um, so eventually he got his director's cut out there. And then there's some other, I can't remember what else they called it. There's like some other ultimate cut that came out, which I think just had like a different ending cut attached. Of the year edition. Yeah, but um, yeah, so it's been re. Uh, not recently, what you call it. So it's been, you know, it's been resold like over a few different versions. Uh, was that in the 80s though? Like director's cut started in the 80s? No, no, like I'm saying, like this, I think the original, like director's cut, like he did like a DVD of it, like in the 2000s. Oh, and okay. then obviously so there was a Blu ray, and there's probably a 4K, 4K copy by now. But yeah, no, no, like they didn't do director. I'm just saying he had the, the original, he saw the original film prints from the 80s. So I he see. was able to obviously adapt and restore those to modern media format. But yeah, and, and that comes into play later too when I, I'm just sort of kind of quickly go through the his film chronology here i'm not going to touch on every film because i'll be honest i haven't seen every one of his films like some of the stuff from the 90s i either missed or it just wasn't well regarded so i kind of skipped over it but i've already mentioned the first three he did the duelist alien and blade runner and in 1985 he did one called legend which i admit i haven't seen i'm not sure why i just it never it's never come across my path on streaming or i never rented when i was younger but it's tom cruise in one of his first roles when he was obviously much younger um Sort of like a fantasy sci-fi film. Much different tone than Blade Runner, though. Um, he did one in 1987 called Someone to Watch Over Me. I admit I haven't seen this one. I haven't really heard of it. I, don't, I assume it's not that well regarded. Uh, 1989, he did one called Black Rain, which I think is... I've heard it's good. It's a um, like an action thriller. It's got uh, Michael Douglas, Sandy Garcia. The plot, the plot actually sounds pretty cool. I kind of want to check this out now. It says... The film focuses on two NYPD officers who arrest a member of the Yakuza and must escort him back to Japan. Once there, the two officers find themselves dragged into the Japanese underworld. So, Oof. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Interesting. And then 1991, he did Thelma and Louise. I've heard of which, that one. Yeah, because even if you haven't heard, you, or sorry, even if you haven't seen, you probably heard of it mm-hmm. at some point. That was one of Brad Pitt's first roles. Wow, this really Scott like started a whole bunch of careers. Right. Um, didn't have a great run the rest of the 90s. 92, he did one called 1492 Conquest of Paradise, which I think was like a... Um, uh, well, it says epic historical drama film. It's about uh, the the New World, like Christopher Columbus, okay. that kind of stuff. So I guess I guess it wasn't that well regarded historical at the time. Film. Yeah, he did one in 1996 called White Squall, which is like a disaster survival film. Starred Jeff Bridges. Okay. Um, I heard that was good, but again, not you know, it didn't blow anyone's socks off. Uh, 97. You may have heard of this one too. He did one called GI Jane. It starred Demi it's Moore. Like GI Joe, but a yeah. girl. Well, the film actually tells the. It's funny because I, I always thought this was based on a true story. And then reading this today, it says the film tells the fictional story <laughs> of the first woman to undergo special operations training with the U.S. Navy SEALs. Mm. So uh, that Demi was that Moore? was pretty. Yeah. What Demi happened Moore. to Demi Moore? What ha- Like, where is she uh, now? She's still married to Ashton Kutcher. Or no, 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 that's Mia the, Kunis oh, yeah. He's with Mia the Kunis now. Sorry, I forgot. See, that's how long it's been since. I <laughs> that's the last time I heard Demi Moore. That's, what I, that's the last thing I associated her with, though. Too. She was in. Last thing you probably remember seeing her was like remember, she was in Mr. Brooks. Remember that film? Oh my gosh! I mean, that was like ten years ago. Yeah. But, all right, and so here's where it gets good, obviously. This is where, and again, this this lines up perfectly with where I grew into films in my age, right? Like he, so his... My ripe young age. Right, well, like the next, like, 
say, I don't know, six films in a row, I think are all fantastic. And this is when I was really getting into films too. Like in 2000, I would have been 13 at the time. 2000, it was when Gladiator came out, Russell Crowe. Mm-hmm. Great film, right? I mean, still, you know, I watched it recently. I mean, even the movie's 20 years old, still holds up incredibly well, um, even from a visual standpoint. There was a lot of CGI used in that film at the time. And um, you can kind of tell nowadays, but still, I think mm-hmm. at the time it was, it was monumental achievement. Um, and definitely got... Uh, well, see, that's the thing. Like, I don't want to say this got Russell Crowe's career started, but it definitely gave him a little kick in the boost. butt. Yeah, boost yeah. for sure, right? In terms of the North American, like, like before that, he'd already done like L.A. Confidential. He did The Insider the year before that. Yeah, that but those weren't like huge budget or like huge. You know, they're good films, but not like I don't know action epics, right? right. Like that's what this was. Um, so the year out in two thousand one, he had a great year. He did two great films. He the first one was Hannibal which was mm. a sequel to Silence of the Lambs, mm-hmm. starring Anthony Hopkins again in the lead role. Uh, Black Hawk Down, which is one of the best, like, modern war films, I guess, based on a true story, right, of the U.S. Army in, in Mogadishu and whatever happened there with... Uh, Mogadishu? Was Africa? I think it's Africa. I have no yeah. idea. I've never seen any of these. <laughs> um, 2003, Matchstick Men. Heard of that one? I've heard of that one. That's the one with Nicolas Cage where he's oh, got, yeah. like, OCD and he's yes. you remember that one yeah yes. that's a really good film yeah so you, so it's crazy it's funny because he goes from doing like you know gladiator like historical you know epic mm-hmm. action film black hawk or sorry hannibal which is like you know dark thriller violent film black hawk down again more mo- more modern obviously war compared to gladiator but uh, another war film about u.s soldiers and then and magic man was like a kind of like a quirky comedy slash drama he is that, all over the place right but he's just so good at blending genres and then here's another monumental one and I'll mention again why in a second here, but 2005, Kingdom of Heaven. I was thinking, when you said director's cut, this is what mm, my, I exactly, thought of. Exactly. Because as good as, like, again, you can watch the original Blade Runner cut and think it's a good film. You can watch the uh, ultimate cut or whatever they call the Blade Runner one and also think, well, that's pretty great because obviously there's some different, more stuff added in, more context, some scenes. Mm. But watching the theatrical version of Kingdom of Heaven and watching the director's cut, like if you were to watch them like back like to back, oh, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, there's, I mean, there's 50 minutes added into the director's cut, and it's all stuff that completely changes so much of the film. It's just so much more depth given to some of the characters, and uh, you know, more more character motivations, and and there's a little, a little bit more action in the director's cut version, but it's also just more about the backstory and a lot of stuff that I guess the studio just thought. Of. I mean, because to be fair, the original cut was already almost two and a half hours. So yeah. studios like, yeah, it's a little long for theaters, you know, because if you're yeah, watching was, this, this is before Lord of the Rings kind of thing too. I'm pretty sure after it was after this was after after Lord of the Rings. You thought two and a half hours bad. <laughs> well, for a film like this where it's like, yeah, like it had a great cast and everything, but it's not like I don't know. It's I guess the studio, which I think it was Fox, the 20th Century Fox at the time. Yeah, they thought that it just was going to be too bad. Anyways, long story short, but yeah, the it says here. um in just in 2005, Scott released a director's cut, which received critical acclaim, with many reviewers calling it the definitive version of the film. So, yeah, definitely, if you're gonna watch it for a first time, definitely watch a director's cut. But if it's been years since you maybe saw the theatrical cut, then yeah, go back and watch a director's cut now. And even if you don't remember the theatrical that well, I guarantee you'll come up with a better understanding of it mm-hmm. this time. Uh, okay, and then after that, you had uh, where we are we chosen. 2006, um, this was a movie. This was a movie that was a little weird to me. I liked it only because 
I really like Russell Crowe. And at the time, obviously, Russell Crowe was still huge. He's kind of he's kind of fallen off the map a little bit the last mm-hmm. five years or so. But this was like when he was in his heyday. Uh, but he did one did one in 2006 called A Good Year. And it was a romantic comedy film with Russell Crowe. <gasps> no. do, do you remember this one? This is the one where he um, he like takes over his was his grandfather's winery estate or something in France. Yeah, his, or his uncle. His uncle's vineyard estate in France. I this is the one. This. Yeah. And then, like you know, he falls in love with a woman yes. there, and it's all about yeah. It's a, it's a it's a good film, but it's not, it's not definitely I super memorable. It. No, it's not super memorable or anything. But he bounced back pretty quickly in 2007 with another great film, American Gangster. Oh yeah, that's the one with Russell Crowe, Denzel Washington, based him on a Russell true story. Yeah, oh yeah, him and Russell are definitely. I mean, because again, there was what was it, and there's no movies in between. He did four movies in a row here with Russell Crowe, <laughs> so he did. But not, not, Russell Crowe wasn't necessarily the, the main character, the protagonist nope. in all of them. Nope. So he did A Good Year. He did American Gangster. Then in 2008, he did one called Body of Lies. Mm. That one was with Russell Crowe and Leonardo DiCaprio. And that was a really good film, too. And then in 2010, he did uh, Robin Hood with Russell Crowe. Oh. <laughs> that, that was the poopy Robin Hood version? Yeah. Well, it depends how you look at it. Like, Robin Hood has been very divisive. Like, you know, you have the, you have the version from the 90s with Kevin Costner. You have um, Disney. Well, yeah, you have the Disney ones. Obviously, <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, you had, know. They, they did one a couple of years ago where again they tried to reboot it with a younger. They used the kid from Kingsman as a young Robin Hood. Really? Yeah, and Jamie Foxx was in it. That wasn't very what? good. What? Yeah. I didn't even know this one existed. So I think, to be honest, yeah, at the time the twenty, the Robin Hood with Russell Crowe in 2010 wasn't that well received. But if you look back on it now, I think it's actually pretty decent. <laughs> it moved up the ranks. I mean, it had a lot of good actors in it still. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then. Uh, this one could be divisive for a lot of people. In 2012, he did Prometheus, which was part of the alien universe. Mm. It's sort of like a... Um, uh, I'm trying to remember where it fits into the timeline here. Sorry, hang on a second. It's a... I'll be honest. I can't remember where Prometheus fit in it. I cannot remember if it was a prequel or a sequel to like the alien films from like, starring Sigourney Weaver. But... Um, the fact that it was just a new injury in the alien, because to this point, like they hadn't, they hadn't attempted another alien film since I think it was like back in '97. They did a terrible one called Alien Resurrection. I heard of that, which one. was ugh, that was Sigourney Weaver's last chance, last time playing that role, and it wasn't her fault. The movie was bad; it was just it was just bad film. But so people were happy, like Ridley Scott's come back. You know, he's the original Alien guy, and he got a great cast. He got Michael Fassbender and uh, Charlize Theron and all these other great actors and actresses in it. And uh, it was, I don't know, it was. W- it was well received, but people were like, I mean, obviously, it didn't feel like the original Alien. They were going for a different vibe. Um, and yeah, it's, I don't know, I think it's a divisive film among that fan base. I still liked it. Um, it's a film I can go back and rewatch. I think it's obviously, that's the thing about all of his films. Either you think his films are like, yeah, they're okay. Like a few of them in here, like, you know, like Rob, like Prometheus and Robin Hood and like a good year. Um, even like Body of Lies. Did I say Body of Lies already? I don't remember if I included that in the okay ones or not, but yeah, like these films are all, there's the, the fact that he is such a good director makes them all really watchable, but it's not something you're going to like put on in the background when you're doing something. Cause his films are really, they're always a slow burn and they really do demand your attention to follow the story. You know what I mean? They don't, they're not easy to jump in and out of, but I think he's just such a good visual director too. And from what I read, uh, I read some interviews earlier, like actors love working with him because he's just apparently he, he always films with like two or three cameras going at one time so he can capture all the different, because he, he tries to reduce as many takes as possible. He doesn't want an actor to do like 50 takes on one scene. He wants to well, get, they don't want to do that either. Exactly. So <laughs> actors love working with him because he usually knows going in what he wants. He knows mm-hmm. how to frame the scene, not waste everybody's time. So 
And he apparently is notorious for filming pretty quickly. Like he can get a, you know, from start to finish, he can probably wrap up a film within a few months if, nice. he, if he knows what he's doing. So, because like I said, he was like, even, you know, he's 83 years old now and he's still making like at least one, one movie every couple of years, if not more often, right? He must love it. Oh, yeah. He loves, he loves directing. Um, so anyways, after Prometheus, he did this one. This one I was really interested for when I saw the trailer for it. And again, he always has good cast. It's just always assumed Ridley Scott is going to have great cast no matter what. So he did one in 2013 called The Counselor. And this was what also intrigued me besides the fact that, like I said, Ridley Scott, great cast, is it was the screenplay. It was an original screenplay written by Cormac McCarthy, who's one of my favorite oh. authors. Like He did yeah. No Country for Old Men, The Road, a bunch of yeah. other great books. So he's doing an original screenplay for this film. And it was like a... Um, you know, what do you call it? I guess it's classified as a crime thriller. It has to do with like the Mexican drug trade. It's extremely violent and stuff like that. And and my initial watch of this film, I was just flabbergasted. I'm like, I what is going on? Like his it's hard enough to read McCarthy's books. Yeah. And they're not easy to adapt to film, which is why it's amazing that the Coen brothers did such a great job with No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. But so I didn't know if like I'm like this like is he kinda like losing it, like doing this original screenplay? <laughs> like I could I could not follow it the first time I watched it. And then I went back and rewatched it again a second time a couple years after. I'm like, okay, I get it a bit more now that I know what I'm getting into. I still thought some of the acting choices were odd. I don't know if that was just where the Scott told them to do that or if that was just because the actors really didn't know how to work with the screenplay either. But um, I appreciate it more in a second watch. But I think that that's, that's probably the hardest film on his filmography to recommend to someone on a first viewing. So, yeah. I don't know. Go watch a trailer for it called The Counselor and tell me if you think it looks... Because, like I said, the trailer's what drew me in. Like, it looks great. And I watched the film. And to be, because to be honest, I feel like they showed a lot of the best parts in the trailer. <laughs> so if you watch the trailer and you don't, if you don't think the trailer is good, then you're not going to like the film anyway. Mm. So just move on. But, uh, okay, I'll move on too. So going into 2014, um, he did one called Exodus, Gods and Kings. This was really cool. It was a biblical epic film. It had great cast. Oh, yeah, I'm a broken record. Great cast. Obviously, he had Christian Bale, you know, um, Joel Edgerton, Sigourney Weaver, Ben Kingsley, a lot of great. It was, And it was about basically... Well, as anybody who knows the Bible is about the Exodus, the Hebrews from Egypt, you know, Moses. Was Christian Bale Moses? Yeah. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and, again, and again, it had your, it was a good mix of like, it was kind of like Gladiator slash, like, so you had the, the action, because like, there's a couple of like battles that, you know, take place in the film. And Ridley Scott was never well known for, he doesn't follow historical accuracy to a T. He takes some liberties with stories and characters, definitely, but he, he always makes entertaining films. Mm-hmm. I thought this one was really good. I saw it in theaters. It's pretty much all of Ridley Scott's films are always going to be like two to two and a half hours long. He doesn't make short films either. So this one's right around the two and a half hour mark. And I thought it was really good. Although, like I said, like a lot of people, um, like if you look at, if it's looking on Wikipedia here, people are saying, you know, uh, received mixed reviews that praise the visual effects and cast performances, but criticizing the inaccuracy of the source material, the casting of white actors in Middle Eastern roles. Have yeah. they watched Noah? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a good film. It might be. It was on Netflix before. I'm not sure if it still is, but if it is, go check it out. I think it's really good. Um, and then probably in the last, you know, let's say in the last decade, his most well-known film, probably from a, from a, you know, casual standpoint for for viewers, like everybody's heard of this movie at least. If you haven't seen it, it's The Martian, you know, the Matt Damon one. Oh, yeah. the comedy. Well, yeah, exactly. I want a Golden Globe for comedy. I mean, there's yeah, there's some comedy in the film, but it's not a comedy film. But again, I mean, that's that's based on a book. And um, but again, Ridley Scott just directs the heck out of it. So great film, um, great performances, and it's just that's one, I think it's one of his most easily watchable films. Really, I think it is. Yeah, Matt Damon. 
Um, 2017 was a little bit odd, an odd year for him. He did Alien Covenant, which was a sequel mm-hmm. to Prometheus that came out five years prior. <laughs> but, but was Prometheus before or after? Exactly. <laughs> so Alien Covenant, though, was not well received. Mm. Um, and again, it had nothing to do with Scott's directing. I think he did a great job, but it's just a very strange Alien film. And there's a lot of weird choices. I didn't like the film either. Um, on a second viewing, I was able to appreciate it in almost as a comedy (laughs) there's a lot of there's a lot of really (laughs) weird choices but um here's kind of a controversial one not from scott's perspective but you you might remember this controversy at the time so we did one in 2017 called all the money in the world and that was based on a true story of a um i remember the person's name in real life who was it john paul getty the third and it was about his grandson uh getting kidnapped and anyways this was the one that Kevin Spacey was supposed to star in in the oh, main role, Spacey's and then, this was th- this was right when his stuff blew up, so yeah. they had to recast him like in a hurry. Right, and they recast him with the guy. You remember the older guy from Knives Out, the older grandfather, like the yeah, he's the main... way older than yeah. Spacey though. Right, but that's the po- that's the point. Spacey was in like huge makeup and prosthetics, like he was playing oh, to him look older? to look older. Okay, um, and then they yeah, they recast him with an actual older actor yeah. who did a great job. Um, but yeah, so that was. But again, that just goes to show like how good like Ridley Scott was able to just pivot. Like the studio was like, we can't have Kevin in this role anymore because of the controversy. And mm-hmm. Ridley Scott's like, well, I already filmed most of the film, but oh. they're like, well, we'll just we'll bring this other guy in. And and luckily they got a veteran actor who's yeah. great at what he does, so yeah. they're able to make it work. I haven't actually seen this film. I heard the film was good. Part of me is always gonna be curious about what it would have looked like with Spacey's performance. Mm-hmm. But again, I've heard Christopher Plummer, who stepped into the role, did a great job. So. Right. Um, and then to wrap, is there one more before? And then yeah, that was it. That was 2017. He took a few years off, not off, but I think he was doing some stuff with like Apple TV. He's doing some streaming, mm-hmm. pr- producing some stuff. I mean, he's in his 80s. But then, like I said, he the last duel came out this year, and he's also got another one coming out next month called House of Gucci. I've heard of that one. Yeah, well, it's based on the um, again, it's it's a biographical crime drama based on the uh, the story of the. Isn't Huntress in this one? No, this Lady Gaga's in this one. Lady Gaga. She plays the main role. We also got like yeah, like Adam Driver, Jeremy Irons, Al Pacino, Jared Leto, and a bunch of makeup. What else? What else is new? Never mind. I mean, yeah, I know my mom really wants to see that one. (laughs) (laughs) So, but anyways, I just read that man's filmography from the last forty years, and that's what kills me too. Like he, his. He didn't start directing until he was 39 years old, mm. which might not have been out of the ordinary back then. But nowadays, it's like you have guys directing in their 20s. And I mean, like mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan's already done how many films? And he's not even 50 yet. This is future editing Sarah here to tell you that Christopher Nolan is actually 51. Like, mm. you know, what I mean, it's just a different time. But like he, like I said, you mentioned the name Ridley Scott in, in any film circles among any actors and other directors. He's so well regarded. Um, you know, and it'll be sad, if, obviously, when he passes one day, his legacy. But uh also, too, like I didn't even mention, like his his brother was a very popular filmmaker as well. Although his brother made very different films, his brother passed away. I think almost fifteen was it like fifteen years ago. Oh no, maybe not that long ago. Maybe ten years ago. But his brother was Tony Scott, okay. and he did he did some he did a lot of films that I love too. He did like Enemy of the State, Man on Fire, oh. um, like Crimson Tide. Uh, what else has he done, Tony? Uh, you know, recently, like he, he did some remakes. He did like the taking of Pelham one, two, three with Travolta and uh, Denzel Washington. He did uh, one called Domino, Kieran Knightley, um, like 
I mean, like Days of Thunder, so many good films Tony Scott did. Like it was, it was a very talented family, but they made very different films. Like mm-hmm. Ridley Scott was very much more the historical drama epic, and Tony Scott was like, I want to make crazy modern mm-hmm. action films, you know. Mm-hmm. And most of the stuff that was adapted or based on materials, but um, yeah, like I said, me like uh, that, those those few films I mentioned when I was growing up as a teenager, like watching like almost like in a row simultaneously watching like Gladiator, Hannibal, Black Hawk Down, um, you know, Matchstick Men, Kingdom of Heaven. Even segueing into stuff like American Gangster, Body of Lies, he always makes great films. And anytime I'd see like directed by Ridley Scott, I'm like, oh, I'm in. <laughs> like, I know what I'm gonna, I know what I'm gonna get out of it. I assume with all of his time doing movies, he's never done TV. No, he, well, he, like he originally started out doing commercials like way back in the '70s and '80s before he became a film director. But no, he hasn't done much like TV stuff. Like I said, he kind of dealt recently. He's been delving into the streaming yeah. stuff. I was wondering if he like, directed like a short series or something. Like that. No, I don't believe so. So his stuff is always like contained to two to three hours ish. Yeah, I would say so. But yeah, um, and apparently too, he's very. I, I need to go back and because I have a lot. I own a lot of his stuff either on DVD or Blu-ray. Apparently, he's very well known for doing great um, commentaries, commentary tracks. Mm. He loves doing them on films. So I would love to go back and rewatch some of his stuff with a, a commentary and get more insight out of him because yeah, he seems like a really smart director. I, I think mean, I, I've only watched one commentary in my life. Which one was it? Moulin Rouge. Oh, <laughs> all right. But uh, yeah, that's um, that's my little spiel on Ridley Scott tonight. So, what's our email question tonight going to be? I was going to pose. Um, uh, you know, I'll keep it simple then, because I want to get some. I want to get a couple of replies. Maybe hopefully get a couple of email replies out of you guys. Um, who's your favorite director of all time, and give me a reason why? Name a few titles of theirs, or if there's style, there's something with their style that you like. You, I don't I'm expecting you to come up with an answer right now. <laughs> Did nope. You not? Okay. You're not going to say Boz Lorman, are you? No. <laughs> okay. Gosh, I only like Moulin Rouge. <laughs> I don't know who I would say, though. I don't know who I like. Who do I like? <laughs> well, I know you don't like Christopher Nolan. You wouldn't say him. I don't love Christopher Nolan. I'm not saying you hate him. I'm just saying he probably would be your favorite. No. You're not going to say any of the classics. You're not going to say, like, Martin Scorsese. No. You're not going to say um, Steven Spielberg. I wonder if you would like... I mean, because again, I know you love the general, like the film itself. I know you love Lars and the Real Girl. I wonder if you like anything else that director has done. Probably not. <laughs> well, no, like he hasn't done a lot of films, I'm saying. Like, yeah, no, probably not. No. Okay. Well, I don't know. I got to think of a. Who directed Twilight? <laughs> really? <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know. There were so many different directors for the Harry Potter films. There was multiple directors as well for the Twilight films. It wasn't always the same. I don't know if I'll be able to find a director. I'm very sorry. So it's not, not, not yeah, like you see, so you wouldn't like any obvious ones. Like no Steven Spielberg, no James Cameron, uh-huh. no um. What about uh, the guy that did Lord of the Rings? Peter Jackson, maybe. Yeah, he also did Avatar and Avatar. No, no, James Cameron did oh, Avatar. Okay, Peter Jackson. What did he do? I haven't watched the Hobbit films, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. What else did Peter Jackson do? Well, he's also known for King Dream Kong. Horror. Right. I don't like King Kong. He also did horror films. No, I don't like horror. Okay. Um. Hmm. Yeah, you're not easy to nail down. Yeah, uh-uh. no. Mr. Movie Guy. <laughs> you like whoever directs Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> uh, Chandra, she writes it, right? Yeah. Okay, I don't know writers. <laughs> no, I mean, TV directors are always a dime a dozen. Like it's they're, yeah, they're there's just... different directors for every episode, right. basically. Yeah. Anyways, let's wrap this up. I have to go watch Bond again soon. <laughs> <laughs> So, for the third time. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope We hope to hear from you. Please send us an email. and uh, Or just, you know... Oh, do you want to give the uh, Extra Life shout-out? 
again? Or are you going to do that every episode or are you just going to... Well, I also didn't give what the email said. <laughs> oh, right. We didn't also mention the email yet for people who might be first-time listeners. Okay. So if you want to talk to us about your favorite director and the movies they did, you can email that at whenoppositesreact at gmail.com. And also, if you want to donate to our Extra Life page, where we are raising money for McMaster Children's Hospital here in Hamilton, Ontario, uh, to raise money for research... Uh, and, you know, making the family and kids comfortable while they are at their stay at the hospital, uh, you can help us out at extralife.org. I think there's a dash in between extra and life. Uh, we are the Cookie Clan, and we will be playing video games for 12 hours uh, on each November 6th and November 7th, uh, and we're making Tyler eat vegetables. So <laughs> he's, he's looking very forward to it. I'm going to go shopping very soon for these things. Uh, so yes, uh, if you'd like to help us out there, uh, we will also be streaming that day, and I will give on Twitch, and I will give out the the username at a later date. So thanks for listening, everybody. We always appreciate your support, and we'll be back same time next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>